0: This episode of the Cutting Edge Podcast is brought to you by GlassGadget.com. Showcase Innovations creates tools that help shower door installers be more efficient and save time. Check out GlassGadget.com for more information. Happy New Year, everyone. New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's great to see you guys. It's like... Uh, It's a whole bunch of you here already. There's somebody else in the the waiting room. This is great. Well, welcome to another Wednesday night. We're live streaming here. Um, Yeah, if if you have access to the Facebook group and you're here right now, go ahead and click on the link there in the description of the event. And uh, you can pop right in here to the Zoom call. And uh, join us. Gosh, there's probably like, you know, 10 or 10 or so of us here right now. And uh, it's a pretty good group to be starting off. Um, Yeah, we do this every Wednesday evening, 530 Pacific time. So uh, come on in, join us. And let's talk about shower doors, the shower door business, glass stuff, you know, all that. Good times, good times. So, uh, yeah, hey, uh, it's good to see all you guys. I was um, just kind of thinking about how, you know, business kind of ebbs and flows, and um, especially like this time of year. Historically, I found that right after the holidays, everything would get really quiet. And then it would kind of stay kind of quiet until like tax season, so it seemed like almost like people were just tired of spending money after the holidays, and then um, were kind of afraid to spend any money until uh, after they did their taxes. You know, so then like around April, you know, middle of April, things would kind of pick back up. Now in twenty, where are we? We're at twenty twenty two now. So it's like in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, I found it was completely different. We kind of stayed busy all through the year. Um, so it never, I mean, you know, I mean, it wasn't like summertime busy, you know, all year. But uh, it really didn't fall off like it did in, in previous years. So just curious about what kind of uh, experience you guys are having. Is it similar? I mean, does it usually, you know, does it usually slow down a little bit in the winter time for you? or Does the season really... The weather affect your your business tell me about it i'm listening I'll, i'm all yours. i've always found that right after the holidays it's uh slow people getting over the burn uh everybody had to get it done and got it done before christmas and thanksgiving right
1: yeah
0: <laughs> so everything everything's done <laughs> but it stays slow usually till february in my world uh, yeah. january Mid February starts picking up, but I'm steady right on up till then, so,
2: so I'm good. That's about the same with us too. Yeah, we uh, we January and February are usually our slowest months, but um, you know, last year was a little bit different. But uh, the weather uh, sometimes affects that as well. If we have a cold winter, uh, sorry, Brian, cold here is not cold there uh but uh if we have a cold winter uh people don't like to have their house open in the winter uh open we we do glass replacement uh mainly but um if it's a warm winter we keep the business so uh it's usually a good winter uh money-wise too so
3: yeah well, we've been very fortunate too we're pretty diversified so we do uh, you know, shower doors for inside work, but exterior, we're, we're still doing storefront, we're still doing window replacements, even in, you know, even in January, we, we have, we're we in uh, North Central West Virginia, so the, you know, we we really haven't had a whole lot of cold weather yet so far, you know, a few 20 degree days, 30 degree days, but we're actually still doing window replacements um, in residential homes, as well as businesses, uh, when the, you know, when the weather permits, uh, you know, today was 49 degrees, and we were doing them today, so,
2: we, I'll I'll do it just about any time, yeah. <laughs> unless it's raining sideways. Yeah, we have an issue with um with the Chinese people. We got glass from, so they went for holiday on the fifteenth of um December. So we hardly get our glass back for installation. Everybody was down, so I think they will be resuming maybe on the fifteenth of January or something. I don't know, so we can start going for installation back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, so are are you finding that uh, just diversifying the type of work that you're doing helps you to stay busy, you know, in different seasons, or are you doing pretty much the same kind of work, you know, all year round? You said? Oh, yeah, that's just, you know, for anybody who wants to answer it. Steve Nunn.
1: So i kind of like you, Chris. I do the same kind of thing all year round. I bounce around into some window every now and then. But uh, – and I do mostly new builds, so um, there's really not a slow a slow time. It's, it's just pretty consistent throughout the year. And being in San Antonio, Texas, I mean, our winters are 30, 40 degrees at the lowest every now and then. So it's we really don't have a, a super crazy winter.
4: We had snow last year, but that was a fluke. But
1: uh, we stay pretty, stay pretty
4: consistent. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much do the same type of work throughout the year. It doesn't really vary depending on the change in the seasons. Um, I mean, I would prefer to do more inside work in the in the colder months for sure, but you know, uh, you know, if they're calling and they need the window replaced. If it's cold out, I got to do it, you know. And, I mean, it's funny. I just, I had been waiting on an insulated unit. It was, uh, it's 69 by 66. So it's pretty big. It's one inch overall. I mean, it's a pretty good size unit. And, you know, the customer asked me if I would be able to hang on to it until the spring. And I was like, you know, listen, I'm sorry, but I, I can't, you know, it's too big for me to, to, keeping you know hang on to for you know until winter's over um you know I said listen I'd much rather be doing it in the warmer weather too but you know I got to get it in there for you I can't hang on to it you know I got to do it in the cold weather I'm sorry so you know I mean it kind of is what it is I mean if it was a little smaller maybe I'd hang on to it you know for a couple extra bucks but something that size I mean I can't you know I can't move it myself so it's just in the way Mm -hmm. Then it's going to get scratched. Right. If it doesn't get broken or chipped or whatever. whatever Right. And it's only an
2: hour install or or whatever, hour and a half, two. You know, it's not a a major inconvenience the way I see it for the customer.
4: Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's an inside set wood stops. I mean, I'm in and out of there in an hour, tops, you know. So. You know, go lock yourself in the bedroom and you know put a sweater on. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no,
1: we do all you know insulated units. Uh we don't do any retrofits, we don't even sell windows anymore. So we have a, a contract with uh it's called the parks and they manage all the housing at Fort Orton. Navy postgraduate school, so we do all the insulated units that go back, which are a ton of them, and, and uh, we do everything. So we keep busy, you know, year round. The latest one I got was a jewelry store in Carmel. We're going to go in and change all his glass out and showcases to laminate We've already done the windows in the jewelry store, now we're going to do the rest of the building.
0: So they can't do the smash and grab, so that'll keep this busy. The old smash and grab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice being in the shower door business, you know, because it's like you never have outside work to do, but, you know. Well, I mean, I guess there's, you know, that one rare occasion when someone's got some shower glass going outside. Especially here, you know, on the beach, there's um, a lot of outside showers, you know, because people, surfers, you know, want to wash the sand off and stuff like that. Usually there's no enclosure or anything, but...
1: Chris, you do any, like, outside railing
0: or anything? Have you gotten into any of that? You know, I have gotten into all of that at at one time or another, you know, but it's just like I've gotten away from everything. Um, I mean, even... Even mirrors, you know, even uh, every. I mean, I yeah. try not to do anything other than shower bars now. Simple. Yeah. But if I've got, you know, mm-hmm. if I've got a regular customer who wants me to do something for him. I mean, I almost have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to say no to an existing customer.
5: But. Yeah. That's what makes Chris the best in the biz the ability to say no is as powerful as the ability to say yes.
0: I love to say no. <laughs>
5: Be the best at what you're good at. I love I love that model. We all we all get tempted by the siren's call of the easy uh, IG or the simple (laughs) Metro.
0: Yeah, it's funny because the older I get, the easier it it becomes. You know, (laughs) it was really hard at first. You know, just to to turn things down. I've I've become. I, I try to be pretty gracious about but, it too
5: you know and i want to put a caveat too i mean if you have three four services that are your jam that's important what happens is a lot of my clients have 15 and 20 services i'm like why are you still doing rollers on on sliding doors from the seven and it's kind of a, a natural purge. what are you good at it's not just shower. some of us on this call can do three or four services really well that makes a good rounded shot but sometimes we start getting a little bit too far because we all want to help people and that's a good problem yeah. to have
0: yeah, absolutely. It comes from a good place for sure, you know, and, and it's like my wife, you know, it's she's been the hardest one to teach, you know, to, to say no, because she doesn't want to. She wants to help everybody and she wants to, you know, serve everybody. And it's a good thing, you know, of course.
5: And even inside of shower professionals for us to then draw a line of demarcation on which applications are we not going to touch? I know we talked about that with Bill you know, a month or two ago, just, you know, where do you start drawing your line to, you know, create maybe a minimum or what you're comfortable with is profitable. You know, um, box for knockdowns, you know, our, our Euro, uh, you know, semi-frame sliders, where, where is your line? And that's important to talk about as a company. How complex do you want to get? And then how simple do you want to get? And that's just important to know that before customers start calling. Speaking of Bill. Yeah, there he is. Hey, there
4: guys. You. Hey,
1: Bill.
0: Oh. What the hell he that? here, Bill?
6: What's that, Steve?
1: Oh, you know, trying something new.
5: <laughs> trying something new. It's about, to, it's about to come off. It's driving me crazy. All right. Hey, Bill. Bill, my New Year's resolution is to convince you to bring your stash
6: back. Yeah, so right.
5: It's going to start next week.
6: After I see that, I say, no way. <laughs> yeah.
5: You were so tough and mean, man. Think about how big the company would get. You'd rock around, you know, taking that 70 stash with some seriousness. You look right. way too nice right now. Gotta get That's that stash funny. going.
6: So not cold enough out there, you got to have your ceiling fans on.
5: <laughs> I'm hiding, it's freezing. We got two feet of snow today. We got pounded with a winter storm warning. I'm, I'm hiding in a, a local establishment, so I got and shovel here in about another hour.
6: Good for you. So, what did I miss, guys? Oh, no,
5: we solved all problems in showers, so we don't even need to have anyone here anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Bill, did you return your motorhome? Yes, in
2: one piece. Uh no.
5: <laughs>
2: I, uh, Minus the mirror, right? Exactly.
6: Yeah, the, the mirror got clipped on the way uh through Georgia. Yep. <laughs> but they were okay with it. I haven't got a bill yet. So we'll see. Yeah. It it won't happen again. I won't oh, do it again. Oh come on. <laughs> I won't do it again ever. Next time oh. get a bus. Yeah, exactly. No, I'll fly. That's it. <laughs> Not going to do that again. Is everybody having a good year? Getting off to a good start? Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Busy? Builders I was, still I building?
5: That was a mistake free for about 12 minutes.
2: Yeah.
6: <laughs> Is, uh, all the, are the builders up north still building? Yeah. Up here in West Virginia, they're, they're really
3: going after it. Um, you don't have much was, snow yet? Have, Pardon? You don't have much snow yet? No, no. We're actually supposed to get a little bit of a dusting tomorrow. We've had unusually mild weather uh, so far, and so they're still going gung-ho.
5: Yeah. We don't stop up here. All the the wealthy are moving in, thanks to our TV shows, so it's year-round.
6: That's good stuff. But they're not moving there year-round, though, right? They're
5: oh no the best part is they come in the summer and they buy their dream ranch and then they go through one winter and it's for sale again so it's yeah. good turnover good good shower door updates. it's exciting for us yeah only get, the strong survive only the dumb of us live last for 20 years you should be having a, a real estate license
6: mm-hmm.
5: well almost most of us do i don't want i don't need another distraction bill i've already got plenty of full-time jobs but i it's, it's, it's tempting for sure
6: that the, the story goes in florida when uh, you get Pulled over by the trooper on the highway, he asked for your real estate license, and the person says, "My real estate license." And he looks at me and says, "Yeah, well, not everybody has a driver's license."
0: <laughs> <laughs> right?
6: <laughs> Boy, that's the truth. You know, I, I've always wanted to wonder how many. We may have asked this in the past, but how many states of the guys represented here do their states require glass and glazing license, and then how many of their counties? required glass and glazing licenses.
5: Montana, we're trying to follow basic OSHA, let alone any kind of licensing. So Wild West out here, which is challenging. And another reason why I'm really invested in this tower uh, um, protocol and NGA, you know, criteria, uh, because I hope it starts to weed out the hack jobs. So I'll speak first for Montana. It's pretty much do whatever you want and if you burn a bridge here, it's not going to last very long because there's not that many of us, but that's not a safe way to do business. So we follow the rules, but not everyone does.
1: All right. No, California. I licensing
3: in West Virginia either. I mean, it's just a West Virginia contractor's license. You don't have to have a specialty in glass and glazing.
6: What's required to get a contractor license in West Virginia?
3: Uh, for mine, it was a test uh, and a class and a test, and that was it. No background,
6: no background check, no financial background check, no criminal you know, history. 17
3: years ago, um, I don't, I don't remember given it, getting a financial background check. Um, none of that. Uh, and that's an issue here in West Virginia, too. I mean, I'm on the local home builders board of directors, and uh, we discuss that all the time. You know, you get guys come in, they're, they're screwing people over. It's a sad situation, but You know, if you pass the test, you can go out and hang your, you know, put your ladder on your truck and go. Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. California has a C-17 license. Mm. Okay. And you actually have to work for somebody for
6: a certain amount of years, and you have to somebody sign off on your license to get it. So California is more difficult, more stringent. Is that throughout the whole state or only particular counties? Whole state. Whole state. Yeah. Once you get a license, can you work anywhere in the state? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Okay.
6: Brian, how about
4: up in your area? No, no license no. required for glazing. No. Wow. How about Same here? Same okay. here.
2: Same here. Business licenses. That's that's it. That's yeah. It, huh? That's crazy. Steve, nope, Texas. Just,
1: nope, nothing. Not that's
2: a
4: now, Bill, for your, for your license down by you, are there different um, levels, I guess, of licensing? Yeah. Like, is there yeah. a flat glass license versus, say, a commercial license versus, say, an auto glass license?
6: No, that's all encompassed under glass and glazing, whether you're doing shower doors, mirrors, tabletops, or windows. Yeah. It's all under glass and glazing. But hmm. the funny part is I had to take the test also, the glass and glazing. There was one question on shower doors out of I don't know two hundred questions, but you oh, had a wow. pressures, uh, especially for impact windows, impact uh, glass railings. Uh, they even had pressure on airplane windshields. It was it was really silly, but I, I'm just wondering. Like I see uh, Glass Guru is opening up stores all over the place, and wondering when they go into the different states, what's required for licensing?
0: So, Robert, yeah. so Robert, yeah, how the Glass you... gurus open up, huh?
6: Yeah, I, I, I watched it on Glass Magazine. I, I don't know, he's probably got five, six, seven, I don't know. A lot of them closed too. Have they? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so they're independent franchises, right? And if
1: they're, they're independent ind- franchise. We had one here on the peninsula and they advertise, you know drill the insulated units out and clean them yeah wow. they were they were putting signs you know 10 feet up on telephone poles all over the place Huh. and so if, if it worked everybody would be doing it
2: yeah yeah so they actually started the business doing that yeah i don't do it anymore yeah. uh so i i, I started uh, doing just that and then learned that uh, I was going to live under a bridge if I didn't learn how to do something else. So I taught myself how to do glass replacement, but um, it does work, uh, but it doesn't work a hundred percent. And it's not, it's not the end all and be all. Uh, I saw you cringe there, Tim. It, it is, it, it's a specific niche uh, and it, it's not, uh, it's not the great uh, the really great bad is were...
1: this guy would hire these guys out to go out and do it, so they're trying to uh defog a side light next to a front door.
2: And uh, no yeah, that's it... called tempered glass. You, yeah,
1: they had no clue
6: it was tempered. That's funny, that's funny, yeah.
1: You know, I saw that when it first came out at the trade show in Las Vegas, I don't know how long ago, and then all of a sudden, the Glass Guru came along and. Uh, but he's he's long
5: gone.
0: Yeah, I was in a I think networking was last here in
1: San Antonio. I've seen him running around, but I have, must be, just be one truck. Um, I haven't seen him in a while.
0: Yeah, I knew and a they, guy who st- who started up a business doing nothing but that. It was called um, Fog Lifter. Oh. Actually, he was a, um, a window washer. So then. Someone was i think was kind of selling a license to do that or or I'm not sure what what the deal was, but he got into that defogging insulated units, and uh did that for a while, and then what he what he found out was just it was um it was easier to replace a an i g u than it was to defog it, you know, so he started like calling me, and that was back when I was doing more like that kind of work so
5: most of them use it as a marketing toy just to go sell IGs. Um, I talked to a guy who's never actually even used the kit. One of them doesn't even own it. They, they just use it to get people in the door.
1: Well, yeah, that's what happened around here. Some lady happened to buy a couch from her and she saw the sign of my truck and said, yeah, they came over and looked at it. They said, oh, no, we can't replace it. We can't, you know, clear them up. We'll sell you new units.
2: Yeah, I never did that. Uh, it, it was... Uh, it, it was a lower cost option, but some people thought that I was going to come in and for 10 bucks, I was going to, you know, defog their unit and it was going to be perfect. Uh, no, I still have to put food on my table. Thanks. Uh, but so it was a cheaper option, but, uh, there was fewer and fewer, uh, good units to do it on, uh, good, um, (coughs) candidate units. Um, and even those sometimes didn't work out. Um, so I, I, eventually I told one too many customers why it didn't work on their window. Uh, and I just I just couldn't um, uh, internally I, I just I couldn't do it anymore. you know um, I had to be honest with myself and say this is great for making me unique in the marketplace. everybody wants that, but it wasn't good for. Uh, long term business.
1: You know, they used to have a trade show here in Monterey at the fairgrounds and the company would be there and spilling their you know what they did and finally I just right. couldn't sh- I couldn't shut up because they had a low E unit said so they can clean it.
2: No they can but it's gonna fog up uh it's gonna go it bad up. immediately.
1: A soft coat low E you can't clean up because this when it's exposed to air. Nope it's like rust it that's right it goes back <laughs> yep
2: and more and more units are low e soft coat and oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I mean if i i just couldn't shut up i finally
0: told the guy <laughs> <laughs> hmm. is there anybody out there who's like dabbled in the like scratch removal service
6: not as a service a we do it ourselves but not yeah. for a profit for anybody
5: I've actually done pretty well with it. We like Bill, we did it to just quality control because you know you ship your glass over mountain passes by horseback and then it scratches sometimes. Um, all jokes <laughs> aside. Uh, but we have the system and so the, the key to it is extreme underpromising and extreme transparency. And so as long as my brother or me or my cousin did it, it was okay. And we would go and a couple applications, for example, I have this wealthy client in the Yellowstone Club. And they have this, um, easily $13,000, you know, curved picture window framing the Spanish peaks. And, as, and I was their last resort. They had to scratch right up there. And I was like, my goal is that you don't notice it. You will find it if you point it out to your friends, but you'll know where it is, but nobody else will know where it is. Would you like to pay me the, you know, $800, whatever, for me to do it and knowing that there's no chance it won't break So. My my goal is scratch removal to people. I get this question all the time. So I'm, we we team up with Glass Welds, you know, um, out in Oregon, and uh, and they use big clips to of their users and stuff. And so it's just a matter of uh, how you communicate scratch repair and how you communicate what to expect. Just like hard water removal. So I think it's a great marketing tool. It's a great solution, and most importantly, the reason I did some of those jobs was that I won their shower enclosures and I won their railings and I won their. Um, shelving and I just and I sometimes throw it in for free to say hey let me finish off this project at the end of the and I would steal jobs from my competitors because I was the only one that would say yes so that's my little caveat I don't recommend it as a money-making service I recommend it as a way to get your foot in the door and to help people out
1: no I only it use this it in the bit. shop when I get a unit that's got kind of a scratch I'll uh, polish it out and that's that's it and I use the glass and it works just fine
3: is that, the, is that the company that was at the uh, the show in Atlanta this year? I, I saw somebody had a scratch yeah. the middle kit. That, yeah, weld. Uh, yeah, yeah. weld. Great
5: okay. great company, best in the business by far. Derek and the team over there do a great job, great product. Um, oh, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and some customers just like to know I was willing to try. You know, they have a level of – it's like a rock chip. If you say to a customer, oh, it'll disappear, no problem, that's the one where it cracks and breaks. <laughs> but every rock chip I start with – oh my gosh this is terrible i don't know if i can fix it it's kind of a lie not really but then it goes away and customers are just so excited but then if it goes bad they're on my team you have to take that same approach to being humble being honest that they don't always go perfect and then if it goes better than planned you all win and if it doesn't you have some footing it's when we get overconfident in most things in life that us. i
3: just think uh, like uh bill and tim said i would like to use it just for the in shop when you receive that piece of glass it might have a little yeah. scratch or blemish in it that you know instead of having a, you know paying another couple hundred bucks for another light of glass if you can scratch it out i don't know if i'd want to even go out on the right on the uh on the uh service side with that and mark even market it that's just my opinion but
5: it pays for itself on internal use it pays for itself on internal use um I just took it to the next level as a way to get in my foot in the door. So I wanted to add a little bit of caveat. But definitely, if you don't, if you don't have it in your shop, in your decent-sized shop, I really recommend it. It's not expensive. Pop over to Glasswell, you know, tell my I you, might get a coupon. You know, they might charge you more. I don't know. But definitely buy it.
1: <laughs> you know, it works great. I get no great,
5: kickbacks from Derek. But they do a good job over there, and they'll take care of you. Good service.
1: You know, it works you. great when you're – somebody's been waiting for the shower door, and you put it on the table, and it's got a scratch in it. Yeah, and you have that system, you can get rid of it and go put it in. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm, I'm
2: terrible at it. I, it's an art form. Uh, I mm-hmm. sometimes I can do it, sometimes I can't. Uh, so it's a really a, uh, a a gamble for me to try to get one out. So Brian, it's just track uh, practice. Just mm-hmm. take some of the removals
6: you have and put a scratch in it and try and play with it. Got you know, it. just start playing yeah. with scratch pad like. <laughs> Like caulking, it's just, it's going to be pressure, time, keep it cool, move it around bigger circles. Uh, once you play with it and you understand it, it actually works really good. The well, other is good, there any
3: distortion issues
6: associated with it? No. Well, wait, wait, yeah. If you're not using it right, you fish eye it. If you go <laughs> right. too deep in one spot, of course. Uh, that's why I said you got to go slow and work it around. If it's done right, you won't tell. You or it's it. very difficult you'll see a little bit uh i'd say jim is right uh the average person won't see it but if you if they know where it is yeah you can find it yeah but it's very difficult but you and didn't what is to... it? Is it just like a
4: buffing wheel how big is it
6: yeah it's like a buffing wheel and you, they a have little a disc, disc uh, yeah like a disc and with you the put pumice the, yes a different okay. grit, different grit and different grit disc and you I work don't it use down pumice. To, it's like a talc.
1: Yeah. Okay. Moments, I, uh, you'll, you'll distract the glass.
5: Uh, a little pro tip with it though, guys. Uh, and, they'll, and they'll show you how to use it. And I think the trade shows, um, Olivia, Olivia will show you. She's like the best at it. But if you, um, little pro tip, I found, I, if it's a scratch where it's going to be obvious, if it's down by the ends or something, you can maybe get away with it. But I've always told, honesty is the best policy. So I usually just tell my customers, hey, it came in, there's a light scratch, we have a machine, we're going to get rid of it. I have you have a couple choices here. I'll buff it out, you know. I'll, I'll buff it out. It'll go away. I'll give you twenty bucks back. We get your shower done today. Otherwise, I reorder it. You're looking at six to nine weeks. What do you want to do? I've yeah. always found customers are willing to understand. Then the worst case is you get it in, then they kind of notice it, then you're fast up a scratch, and then they it, it can quickly go downhill. So use your discretion. I'm not saying that's the best solution, for me, but who? What's twenty bucks? You know, just to give them a little bit off. They, they don't even see it. And then I'll say to customers, if you can find it, you know, I'll give you like a little bit more. And often they can't find it, but at least you were straightforward with them because you never know when the spouse comes home and says, what was, what's that? And no matter how good you are at scratch removal, if you get close enough, you will find where it was done. Your, your whole goal with it is to not be able to see it from a few feet away.
1: So yeah. have you used their um, grit, you know, disc? You know where they have different grits you start with and yeah
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: yeah
6: that's the way you're supposed to do it yeah you
1: draw it's the circle yeah, and yeah. work it out well i used i i bought it they didn't have that my original when i bought the system oh it's that old yeah. huh yeah <laughs> they didn't have all that stuff and then
0: i got it and it it does work i mean you got the model that you have to pedal right yeah 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 i
6: did <laughs> <laughs> you feed the monkey
1: I got the
3: regular drill, you know. I'm going to I'm buying one tomorrow. <laughs> with a little
6: squirt bottle. Hey, yeah, you should. Hey, Mike, the other, or Mark, the other good time to use it is during an installation, you do a job for a builder, and then their cleaning crew comes in with a bad razor blade and causes a scratch. Now you're up against it. They're going to blame you. You're going to say, no, it was fine before I left. Somebody else did it. It's much easier to go in there and try and buff it out than to have to, especially if it's a door notch panel return or something with a transom, you got to take it all apart to replace the the glass. That's, it pays for itself in one of those jobs. Just one of those jobs. One one job. Will it work on a mirror? Eh, I
1: tried it once. I haven't tried it. It did.
5: Most most mirror problems for me always come from scratching the back of the mirror, the the masking. I don't, it seems like we get more of those problems than we do surface scratches.
3: Well, yeah. to Bill's to Bill's point a minute ago, uh, we we do these production homes where we put mirrors in and then the cleaning crew will scratch it and I get a phone call said the mirror they need to warranty the mirror and it's on the surface of the mirror, it's not on the silvering. And so, you know, like you again, like he said, it's a he said she said thing. I never win. <laughs> Rarely. Right. So Forever. that might that that might
0: Is uh, it magnify on a mirror? Thing. When you oh, do yeah. a mirror, sort of magnify it, see through it. The mirror has to make it a little more noticeable.
1: Yeah, yeah. You yeah, get more mirrors. distortion. Yeah, you do see the distortion a little more in the mirrors.
6: But you uh, glass a weld will will help you. Glass will weld yeah. will tell you just how deep you can expect to get a pretty good uh, yeah. buff out of it. They are What's very the setup nice. for that? You know, but the
1: basic
0: setup, couple
6: hundred bucks. Yeah, maybe four hundred bucks. They have an online video you can watch too. You know, they'll send somebody to your shop. uh, So if you had five or six guys and you want to teach them all at once, you could do that. But if not, they have an online video. Do it at your, you know, go back at night, put the computer on, and just practice with scrap glass. Plenty of (laughs) that. Yeah, Yeah, but the worst part is when these cleaners come in.
1: Well, here you have a shower door. Why are they taking a razor blade to it? Yeah. You know, why are they taking a razor blade to a mirror? I mean, these guys are brain dead. Yeah.
6: Happens all the time now. Oh, yeah. All the, all time. the time. As long as I have All no. the time.
1: Yeah, you know, I had a job once where these were big-ass windows. And the guy was in there, you know, washing the windows. And the house was not. Yeah. It was wood siding. No. There's nothing on it. And he's going down with a razor blade. And my guy tells him gonna scratch the glass and he told my guy mind your own goddamn business and sure enough he scratched all the glass
0: and window washers and window washers don't have insurance for that Yeah, you don't need a degree either to be a be a house cleaner you know (laughs) so the sales rep
1: came down and with a window washer guy and he goes I think you have an employee problem you know Sounds
5: like um, it. rock chips are all I needed to know to learn how to use a razor blade vertical on the glass. As much as it goes against all of your, all of your, um, well, a, it's the only if way a to spot, do. It. You remove it. You don't go the hole. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You don't go the <laughs> old rusty blade. And back to scratch removal. Yeah. Actually, most of the applications were painters where right? I had to come in behind them, and then I'm really just billing the painting company for trying to mitigate the damage. You know, so that's uh, the stainers up here. Scratches, or they're getting rid of
6: the excess on these really
5: nice wood doors these really nice beautiful wood doors and they'll just be like last finishing what do you what do you
6: guys project for this year for for sales you see a lot of business out there you see it slowing down
0: I'm, you I'm probably already, I mean, just like this kind of first week uh, of the year, I feel like it's already busier than normal this time wow. of year. I mean, normally it's like people take at least the first couple of weeks of the year off. They're not calling to get work done right after, you know, New Year's. And uh, but we're, we're getting our phone is ringing and um, I'm not really doing any kind of Advertising, you know, it's just strictly um, organic rankings on Google, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. the the um, you know Yelp or Google reviews or whatever. So looks looking good, I think. As
6: long as you get the yeah. hardware. <laughs> hey, you know, two weeks ago Christine was asking what guys look for for uh, key performance indicators. She said KPIs going into this year, Uh, you guys track things like Google reviews, Facebook reviews, uh, anything like that to see if you had an increase Are people depending on those reviews more than usual because they're shopping on the internet. I mean, do you do anything for your customers to try and entice them to give you a good review? Or do you
0: encourage I it? Start, you know, I started asking them, you know, which is something that I had been doing before. Not very often. I was kind of hit and miss. Now, you know, having a more automated system, you know, for wrapping things up. Um, I've started just asking every customer, hey, and I asked for a five-star review,
4: which is yeah. something
0: I learned from the Glass Experts partners. They are like, ask for a five-star review. And it's like, oh, that's brilliant, Now, Don't just ask for a review. Ask for a five-star review. And then sure. maybe, like, if they don't think you deserve five stars, they won't review you at all.
5: Right. I would encourage you to add to that and say, um, can I have a five-star review? And if it's less than five-star, please tell me why. And just be vulnerable. And if you're using BigBus, don't mean to plug it. If you flip the job status to complete, it sends them an email, text, asks them with a little video saying, hey, thank you so much. We appreciate your business. We'd like that. So it automates it for you. And one of our clients just in atlanta they they added two hundred and fifty reviews last year just through that little link um, because sometimes our people forget to ask, so there are tools to make it easier. nice jobs, another good one to use if you don't use big Clips. there's a lot of tools out there, so if you have a bunch of staff, that's the key. If it's you like Chris, ask for it, be vulnerable and say, I want your feedback, good, bad, or ugly yeah, yeah, and
0: I like that do about do you guys Chris. that's um that's something that that Big Clips does automatically for me, so I'm not actually asking them for it. It's it's being automated. That's okay. And, and and the and the um the timing of it's really good too because, it it asks for it right at the right time. You know, between getting paid and just it's kind of all you know. There's an algorithm to it. You know, and those guys have already worked all that stuff out, so I don't have to reinvent the wheel.
3: Do you guys rely on your technician to ask the customer or do you have a staff person kind of follow up and say, hey, you know, I know we did that work today. We appreciate it. Hope you're satisfied. And if you are, you know, does that
6: how how do you what's your technique for getting that? We use our technicians for sure. And then they get rewarded by getting so many uh, requests. We use a product called Podium, which is a request tree analyzer basically it'll it'll show us how many of these requests they've given out and then how many come back who the installer was um and it sends us a, a text that they got a review what it was and whether it's good or bad.
5: So I can give you guys all a list of many different ones that are all good. I'm not here to plug big clips I mean it's podium there's broadly and I can tell you the pros and cons of all of them and I think one thing I want to say is that it should be everybody. It should be your technician. It should be the secretary. And then sometimes if the job went really bad, I'm going to tell you guys customers are more comfortable to text you or respond by message because they they don't always like confrontation. So if you don't have a platform where they can safely say you messed up and they don't feel like they're going to get maybe attacked or talking to a real person, unless you have like a Keith Dobman or someone who's great with empathy doing it. You should. My encouragement is you have your text ask and then have. Maybe a staff member just follow up with a little message a few days later saying, hey, just if anything came up, and that's always my my preferred approach is a double double hit at the end. Review management and reputation management is going to be key over the next five years, more than ever, for SEO, for where you land in your marketplace, and for what separates you. So you guys can't take this lightly. You don't need to adopt a bunch of technology, but we all have to have processes in to make it easy.
6: Yeah, perfect. Well said. You know, I wish I did that as I was growing the business early on. Uh, again, these are some of the things that we develop after you grow and you get more staff. But boy, if you can do it when you're a two, three, 10-man shop, you can grow pretty rapidly. Uh, and like, like Jim says, organically, it's really going to pay off for you. People really are shopping a lot based on reviews. It's the only thing they have, right? They're just looking at pictures other than that. Anybody can build a website.
5: So, if, reviews- if people buy from people they know, like, and trust. And if you don't have YouTube videos, you don't have some reviews, you don't have something, that's what makes the buying decision. It's not actually price as much as we think it is. And so, um, these are just little things. And I know that it seems exhausting, but they're, I think, increasingly important. And the question Bill asked was, What do we want to do for sales? The first thing I thought of this what are all your gross profit margins last year and how are you going to increase your gross profit margin this year? So that when it slows down, you've got some money saved up. So, um, this is a good group to talk about, you know, do you know your profit margin? And then in order to get a bigger profit margin, you have to deliver better service, which comes through reviews, comes through branding marketing. And if you're in this call, you obviously care about your business and you care about the So it's a safe place to talk about all of that and how it works together.
6: Jimmy, just let me add to that. Um, uh and maybe it was just a, a slight mix there, the difference between gross profit margin and net profit margin. So gross is really your cost of goods sold, right? Other than that, it's your net profit. So that's all your expenses, your labor, everything else that comes in after. So if you're selling a door for $1,000 and your parts are $300, okay, so your gross profit is that $700, so you're looking at a 70% margin. But after all your expenses, your rent, your insurances, it goes on and on. The key number is your net profit, is what do you keep at the end, after your taxes and everything. So now, in order to increase your net profit, obviously you need to, you should look at increasing your gross profit, but also reducing your expenses. So expenses could be negotiating a better lease, uh, paying less for advertising, uh, it just goes tapping the
0: insurance answer. yeah
6: tapping your insurance right negotiating three. price for gas for your trucks take a look at their highest expenses which is I mean you don't want to spend three weeks trying to negotiate gas prices to save 50 bucks a week if that doesn't make a big impact on it right so you want to take a look at your big things your health insurance your workers comp insurance um Take a look at your key metrics that are really costing your expenses that affect your net and and key
5: on that. And to dovetail on this, guys, for those of you on this call that aren't um, bill and are simple when the finances. My grandpa taught me, because my dad's the accountant and I'm the salesperson, and uh, he taught me two things. The two things you can control the most in your company are labor and cost of goods sold. So we actually adjust our definition of gross profit bill to be um, sales minus cost of goods sold and, and just overall payroll labor. Because the labor and the cost of goods are the two things we can control. Uh, overhead, lights, health insurance, all those things are important, but they can't control them on the daily. And so um, Phil's completely right. But for those of us in this call, I really encourage this year to be the year where you're watching that and tracking that. And he often told me that if your um, labor's in check, your cost of goods are in check, the overhead takes care of itself. And I think that's really smart. And um, I think that. Um, if any of you are challenging or, or, or challenge or don't have someone to talk to, reach out to Bill, reach out to me. I'd love to help you with that because I think we get crippled by finances, especially in the busy time. We're all praying and hoping for it to just work out. I hope 2022 can be a year where you take control of your numbers. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know what you're doing. And I, I, those few of you on here that know bid books, though, we're very number, you know it on the daily, closing ratio, sales price, gross profit. And so I do a whole podcast on tracking labor technician hour. We have a free calculator on our website too for you guys, where you can see how your guys are producing by the hour with very easily. So don't overwhelm you all, but I hope this is the year. This is the beginning of the year for all of us to look at what are our goals. And um, this is the stuff I get fired up about, because the goal is to get through this busy better right now and making sure that you're really stacking the acorns away.
3: Yeah. What do you guys? Uh, not to, to beat a dead horse, but this interested me uh, significantly. But in terms of labor as a percentage uh, of your uh, your net sales, what's an acceptable range of labor, it, it, or is there one? Um, I, just as an aside, my wife is is a uh, is an orthodontist, and they have uh, people who specialize in practice management consultants, and they can come in and tell her you know what the percentage of labor should be and if your revenue this how many people you should have i i it, they, and they've really analyzed it and i look at my profit and loss statement uh constantly and and try to do some of the things that you guys are suggesting but obviously labor is your big well at least it's my biggest expense um and i was wondering what an acceptable percentage is if you, if there is one
5: in the eight stores that our family runs, um, 20% is, is humming, and 30%, you're getting too fat. 32%, you get a little bit too heavy. We're a full-service glass shop, so shower and glass. I want to hear what Bill says about just showers and interior glass. But for a full-service, you know, IGs to shower, my, my father's always, as soon as we kick over that 30%, we're getting a phone call, that you better start cutting hours, you better start trimming. And we watched it every two weeks, so we tracked it.
6: Yeah, we're looking at 20%. 20% is basically a pretty good number for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you gotta remember, it's 20% of what? It's 20% of what you charge. So now you gotta look at what you charge. Are you charging enough,
5: you know? That goes to the gross profit. Are you marking your, are you actually covering your cost as well and, yeah. your, and your mistakes as well? Yeah, yeah. it works. It's like flying an airplane my, my grandpa used to tell me, You're watching your gauges and it all tells a story. But it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. At the end of the day, you just got to fly the plane. If you start dropping below twenty, you might be underpaying and at it's risk nice of losing back, people.
0: Just, Perfect. Yeah, analogy. Bill likes that plane an- analogy. Love it,
5: <laughs> and it's accurate. I do Very too. Accurate. That's my like, Bill's oh, my hero. Yep. Yeah. I'll never forget my 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 first solo.
0: Yeah, you know, and another important thing about that is. You, that my friend is a pilot, you know, we'd fly together and he'd say, the most important thing that's happening is not happening inside the plane. It's what's happening outside the plane. So don't forget to look out the windows. Absolutely. Keep your ears open.
6: Yeah. But, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things that I learned over the years is that you really got to know those numbers. The numbers are really important. And don't be scared of price increases from your suppliers. Just, you got to pass them on. If you start eating them, then what's the sense of being in business? You just got to pass it on. Is that's why it's important to watch your percentages. Lots of times, price increases are a good thing. It forces you to look at it and it says, God, I've got to increase your price. And then when you do, everything's good again. Uh, I was always hesitant to increase my prices. And I was eating all of the ones that I was getting passed on from my air oh, in here. And my, here. Say that again. What? You got muted, Tim.
0: What did you say, Tim? I
6: was talking to my brother. Sorry. Oh.
1: <laughs> is it warm enough?
6: Yeah. Um yeah, look at price increases from your vendors actually is a good thing. It's gonna make you take time to look at it and then do what you have to do to adjust your pricing.
0: Yeah, it's an indication of what's happening in the industry, right?
6: Yeah, but don't sit and just let it happen to you without reacting to it.
5: And, 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 inflation, and inflation. You know, might, we grew up in a grocery store, so every time inflation hit, we made money on inflation. That's all another discussion for another time. But when inflation hit, you have to take your top line. You don't just go up 6% because that's what we saw. You have to go up 12%. You have to. It, it's a, It's an it's a important conversation with your accountant of how you guys are going to stay ahead of our impending cost increase. And it's, it's hard. We all wanna help people. We're not sitting here telling you to gouge anyone or be unethical. We're just saying, this is, these are real numbers. We can't hide and hope it works out. We gotta be proactive this year and really stay on it.
6: Yeah, hey, I mean, I'm getting, uh, we buy our own metal extrusions from an extruder and I'm getting once a week, the metals are adjusted. It's a commodity and you know, their costs go up and they have no problem passing it on. So, I've had an order that's in there right now to put an order in with an extruder. You're waiting almost a year to get it, almost a year. During that, this last year, I had five price increases on an order that I had in over a year ago. So, by the time I received it, it increased that much. But that's the way they're doing business. The commodity has gone up so much. So, you have to be on on top of your business. Otherwise, you're losing money. There's no sense. How do you guys
3: handle this? we we recently uh, there's two flat uh, flat glass wholesalers up that I buy from and two weeks ago I got their email that their energy surcharge effective on January 11th is going to be 16 and a quarter percent i mean and you know so i don't I, I assume i understand the math correctly you know if i buy something for 100 bucks you know add 16 and a quarter percent to that And, you know, that becomes the price that you're paying. Do you guys charge any kind of energy surcharge for, you know, per
6: job or something to cover fuel or, or whatever it might be? Yeah, it goes by square footage of the glass you buy. Yeah, we pass it on. So we buy the flat glass from, in our case, we're buying from Pilkington. It's domestic glass. It's more expensive than bringing it in from overseas, you know, for us. But I didn't have a problem during supply chain issues you know we we didn't have boats sitting out in the water with our glass on it so we paid more for it but yes uh our energy surcharge has gone up constantly and as we this is on the manufacturing end of it now so as we sell uh from d3 to whether it's to my shower door or to every other glass shop around that buys from us yes there's a line item on the bottom
5: for surcharge and, but, and but you don't really feel those of you in a short, yeah, in a small market, um, and Mike, I, it, it was scary. It was really scary for us because we were small town shops, you know, what? how is it going to hit? We resisted it for a long time, but when we added just, and we just did a flat rate to start off, you know, to make it just kind of easy, kind of covers it, um, and then moved over to Bill's model. We were surprised. We didn't lose jobs. People understood it. It was really kind of, and in Montana, there's no sales tax. So anything other than the total is a little bit shocking. Um, and so we can't really hide it. And so I, I actually, surprisingly, I do, in, I just like in-home consultations, I was surprised. I thought it would fall on our face. I thought that it would backfire. And just like charging for in-home consultations, pleasantly surprised customers um, are buying differently than we think. So I'm not saying that will work for you. But if you're on the fence with that, you know, maybe maybe try it. Um, And then the key is to not listen to the exception, listen to the rule. So one or two people versus 10, you know, just make sure you're having a good clear eyes on the feedback for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Bill, on your energy surcharge, when you sell to other shops, are you doing the surcharge just on the glass or all the fabrication? Just on the glass, just square footage of glass. Yeah, Yeah. because we have Old Castle out here and they do it on everything. Yeah, that's
2: that's ridiculous. And
1: then we have a, the other company I buy from, they only do it on the glass.
2: Yeah. The fuel surcharges is, is, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, it's for the propane, I think it is, to fire the uh, cupolas. It's not for fuel to drive the trucks to get it to you. Uh, and so there's no fuel propane to uh, to fabricate the glass. So they only charge it on the square footage of the glass itself. Yeah. Now I'm getting from flat glass, right? So that's all I'm charging on. And
6: right. Our whole shop is all electric. So if I put two notches and two holes on a piece of glass, um, that doesn't change from an order that I placed a month ago. My glass cost has gone up, but my labor and, and that hasn't yeah. gone up. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when that labor goes up, that would be an increase in it per square foot or the increase in whatever it is, whether it's notches, holes, polishes, then that would increase, whether it's a penny, an inch on the polish or whatever the case. But no, the surcharge is on the glass square footage only.
1: Yeah.
6: But a lot of guys use it as a profit center. Tim, there are guys (laughs) that charge it on the whole thing. Yeah. and you could use that as a negotiating tool. You can call them, and say, "Hey, look, it. I don't mind the surcharge on this, but I think it's ridiculous for you to charge it for me on this, this, and this." And and you probably have a good point if you talk to the right person.
0: Yeah, you can always negotiate it. You know, I mean, that, and that's the thing. It's like uh, ask questions, and you know, everything's negotiable, right? Sure is. Oh yeah. To a point, then there's a dead end at the end of certain people. (laughs) Right. You know, can only go so far, but. Yeah. Gabe, what a great talk. I mean, those are some, uh, man, what a good uh, first call of the year to have. Um, That's (laughs) a thing to, to always keep in mind, too. It's like that in business, there's this principle that what you measure, you get more of. And, and if you, you're not paying attention to what's going on, I mean, chances are it's not going in the right direction, you know. But if you start really keeping track of these things, these metrics, they're important. And, you know, when you're starting out, you're just like, OK, I'm just going to try to sell a shower door. I'm going to try to install it without breaking it. And I'm going to try to get the check when I'm done, you know. And that's a good plan go with that plan. that's a good plan. And once you get that down and you do that for a while then it's, it's important to start looking at all these things you know all these metrics and finding out you know if you're um, doing it efficiently or if you can do it more efficiently or if you're charging enough money it's amazing how many people are really not charging as much as they should. And uh, like Jim was saying it's not that you know you're trying to gouge anybody or anything like that but you know it's fun to install shower doors. And you can't have that fun unless you stay in business, you know. So it's like you got to charge enough to pay all those bills, so that you can do it again next year, and uh, and do it hopefully even better than you did this year, and uh, and make even better money than you did. So, so that's Perfect. what we're here for, you know. It's like uh, to talk about um, all those aspects of it, you know, um, how to uh, you know get the scratches out. And uh, how to make good money doing it, or or just using that as as an opportunity to get in the door, or just a way to you know um, to to save the time waiting on your supplier of replacing it, even if it's their fault. You know, I mean, it's a lot of times I'll I'll get something in and it's like it's got a scratch in it, you know, and it's, they'll replace it, all I have to do is call up, and say, hey, this is scratched, we need to remake it, and they will. But the thing is, it's going to take some time, you know, and uh, if I've got a tool that I can use to, like, get that scratch out and I can still go out tomorrow and, and do the, the installation, it's good for me. It's good for the customer. It's good for the supplier. And I'll always let the supplier know. I'll um, I'll send an email to the supplier and say, hey, you know, this panel scratched, but I think I can buff it out. So I'm just letting you know this. And if I can't, I'll, you know, I'll get back to you and you'll have to remake it. But when uh, we have those those talks, and they find out that um, I'm doing that, um, and I'm kind of saving their bacon on it, it means a lot. I mean, it shows loyalty. You know, it shows that I'm a I'm a team player. You know, and if uh, if I'm taking care of my vendor, you know, they're they're going to take care of me. You know, so that that's what I found.
6: Precisely, you're absolutely right, Chris. How I
0: many
5: of you guys write your goals? write your goals down for the year where you can see them every day um, that was something a mentor taught me a long time ago i still do it i have them right now in front of me um i just encourage that all sizes it doesn't have to be a lot it doesn't have to be lofty right your sales goal maybe right your personal goal like one or two three and i used to um write it on my mirror on my bathroom uh, now it's on my computer it's on my backdrop uh, in my hit list i call it and every morning i see it and Um, again one of the best things mentors taught me was there's three things answer your phones know your numbers have fun that's 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 the three things to make glass successful and not die of indigestion but because we don't die of starvation we die of indigestion we we bloat before we start and you're all really lucky or smart enough to get into this industry and not like you know a restauranteur or something during covid so I enjoy that, and um, you know, know that Bill's available. I'm available. A lot of you know I'm reaching out to in the chats and stuff. I love helping people. We all do. And so, like, just let's all work together. Be vulnerable with each other. And, and you know, if you feel like you're failing, you're probably not. Just reach out to one of us, and we'll look at each other's numbers across the country. And that's the benefit of this group is to have friends. So yeah, my phone's always on. I love to love to help, help shops. I failed enough to know know how to help out. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. And, it, and you're smart to be here on this call. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. making time to, to be here to talk with other guys in the industry, find out what they're doing, kind of have your finger on the pulse. I mean, um, you're just, you're, you know, a you know, dozen or so guys out of this whole big industry who are taking time to be here on a Wednesday night. So kudos to you. Great start to a new year. Um, thanks for being here and I uh, look forward to seeing you guys all next Wednesday.
5: All right, Chris. Thanks again. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night.
4: Thanks, guys. Good
0: night. Hey, this is Chris Phillips, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. You may want to join the Shower Door Professionals group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Shower Door Pros, and you'll find us. I look forward to seeing you.